I'm going to be preaching a message that I just felt this morning uh, stirred last week on Sunday to highlight, and I uh, remember I said, uh, if I get a chance this Sunday, I want to preach a message on don't be the Christmas turkey. So I'm preaching on that this morning. So if you want a heading, that's uh, the topic of my message. I believe that life is characterized by moments more than by time. What do I mean by that? Well, the older I get, I realize that my memory fades, and I can't sort of remember that the, the dates of some things, but if I think of a moment, a very specific moment, then the date makes sense. So who can remember 1995? I tried to cast my mind back, and I looked at 1995, and I tried to remember what happened that year, and one thing came to mind, and only one thing, a very significant moment. Who wants to guess? Sorry? Yeah, yeah, South Africa won the Rugby World Cup for the very first time. Very significant moment. So these moments in life define time for us. I'm using that as an illustration. And as I get older, I, I battle to recall what happened last month. <laughs> Shelly says, yeah, don't expose me, love. You're meant to cover my weakness. That's why I married you. <laughs> Did you say, who was it then? Oh, okay, just check it. <laughs> Special moments, happy moments, sad moments, even funny moments remind us of certain times in our life. And we seem to remember time more easily this way when we reflect on those. True? And so last Sunday I referenced that I might preach this message, and not might, I am, on not being the Christmas turkey. In other words, don't make decisions that we'll regret later, okay? Don't be the Christmas turkey means don't make decisions this season that you will regret later on. And so I'm going to play a video, and I'm going to draw your attention to the screen. Just watch this video. It's a very lighthearted look, and I, I really pray that you don't get offended, but you look at it as an illustration. It's okay to laugh in church. It's okay to have a little bit of fun, and Mr. Bean is helping us with that this morning. Okay, so we're going to watch this video, and it's just going to illustrate this lighthearted look as to how wrong choices can get us into trouble.
<laughs> Good place to land it. Thank you, Mr. Bean. <laughs> A great illustration for my message this morning. Please don't be the Christmas turkey. <laughs> Recall last Sunday we had a moment in God's presence. Just, I believe it was a holy moment. Remember where just some words came. It was an incredible moment, I believe, that where God was speaking us, to us about the importance of His Word, of, of holding His Word before us, living by His truth, and walking in His presence. It's a moment where we are challenged to obey His Word and to obey walking in His presence. And so the whole thrust of that message was for us to obey so that we might enjoy the blessing of God. Amen? Remember that? And so we're going to look this morning at a holy moment. And I wonder if we really, really understood, understand what God can do through one moment of obedience. One moment of obedience, a blessing it could release to us. We're going to look at a holy moment in the story of the birth of Christ. I think it's very apt, leading up to Christmas, with it just around the corner. I think it's fitting we look at this event, the birth of Jesus, afresh. And so in the story of the birth of Jesus, Mary, you would agree, gets probably most of the airplay. Because she's, after all, the one that falls pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit and conceives, gives birth to Jesus. So she, in the story of the birth of Christ, gets a lot of airplay. But Joseph isn't mentioned too much. He just seems to be the man who was engaged to be married to her, and ultimately he does marry her. He is probably the least talked about role in the birth of Jesus Christ. is very, very significant. He's a carpenter by profession. The Bible tells us that he was righteous, he was faithful. We know that he was a descendant of David. The Bible tells us that. And we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. If you didn't bring your Bibles, the scripture will be on the screen above me. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph is engaged to a 14-year-old virgin, Mary, and she tells him she is pregnant. Can you imagine that moment he gets the news? Engaged to be married, he knows he hasn't slept with her. She tells him she is pregnant. Imagine that moment for Joseph. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. It's a moment I believe he's never, ever going to forget. I remember when Shelley told me the first time she was pregnant with our oldest. I was like, I will never forget that moment. I was totally undone. But Joseph gets some news here, which is quite devastating, really, for him. It's devastating because he knows he has not slept with this young lady. She's engaged to be married to him. She's pregnant. Who is the problem? All he maybe thought about in that moment, I'm not surmising, I put myself in his shoes and wonder how I would have responded. My name's going to be dishonored? This is a disgrace? This is a massive scandal. And according to Jewish law, Joseph had every right, Deuteronomy chapter 22, to take her before the elders and have her stoned to death. 
That could have been his course of action. Just to put this whole story in a context. This moment probably would have rocked his world. This moment would have rocked his world. He, he faces this dilemma. What do I do? What decisions do I make? What do I take in this moment? And a lot of things must have gone through his mind. There must have been all sorts of emotions raging in his heart. What does he do? I know what I would do if I was in his shoes. But we see in Matthew chapter 1, verses 19 to 20, this incredible man who comes to this holy decision. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. That was his first course of action. As he considered this, so he obviously considered the implications of this news, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. In that moment, Joseph has a different perspective of what has happened. Look at his response. Verse 24, Matthew chapter 1. When Joseph woke up, he did. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. His response is, we don't always have to understand completely to obey immediately. He didn't fully weigh up or know all the implications of this decision to marry her. This lady who was pregnant, not his child, Conceived by the Holy Spirit, what will the people think and say? How is she going to be treated? How am I going to be treated? God spoke, He did. God spoke, He did. Obedience. God spoke, He did. Some of the implications, we know the story that as they unfold in the birth of Christ, is that he would have to take his wife on a hundred mile journey through harsh weather, face criminals on that road, and dangerous, dangerous animals. Their lives were at risk. He didn't think about those things. Their baby, he didn't know it at the time when he said yes, would be born in a smelly, stinky barn amongst farm animals. King Herod, we know, issued this decree to kill every boy under two years old. And so they would have to go on the run once this child was born, even flee to Egypt. He didn't have time to consider those implications. They weren't factored. It's just God spoke, yes. If that is not enough, imagine for a moment, carrying the weight, and I use that word weight in inverted commas, the knowledge that you are raising the Son of God. How's that for an implication? Yet, Joseph obeys immediately. What about us? What is God prompting us to say yes to? We face decision are we having to make as God is speaking to us. Maybe He's saying in that relationship, that's taking you out of fellowship with Jesus, not drawing you near to Him. I'm just putting some hypothetical questions for us to consider. Maybe 
as Brad encouraged us? How about investing some of our time, our treasure, and our talents in serving others and not gratifying self? It's easy to do that at this time of the year, isn't it? How about just being more generous, bottom line? How about living a godly life and honoring Jesus? Our problem, when we weigh up these decisions, is we worry more about the outcome of our obedience, don't we? What's it going to cost me? Joseph didn't weigh up the cost. He just said, God spoke, he did. And we know this incredible, significant moment in the history of our world happened. Savior was born. You see, obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. And when we learn to leave the details in His hands, we trust Him. We quote that scripture, don't we? We have it written on our fridges. On a piece of paper, God works all things to the good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. But do we really believe it? Or is it just a piece of paper stuck on a fridge? Question. Because when we say, I will obey, I'll do what you say, Lord Jesus, then we've got to trust Him to outwork that purpose, whatever it is. That if I say no to some friends that are bad for my character, that He'll provide other friends. If I say no to that relationship that is robbing me of life in Jesus Christ, then you'll provide another relationship to fill that gap. I'm not too angry. I'm just, like, just passionate about obeying Jesus and living in the fullness of His life. Don't be the Christmas turkey this season. Make some decisions that you can enjoy the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. You see, Joseph obeyed, not knowing the full outcome of his obedience. And did he face opposition? Yes. Yet, despite all of that, his obedience, here's the incredible testimony of this man, Joseph. Yet, his faithful obedience facilitated the manifestation of God's grace on this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? His obedience facilitated... If he didn't, I'm sure God would have made another plan, but he, he chooses just to work through ordinary people like Joseph and Mary. Matthew chapter 1. We go back to verse 20, the second part of uh, verse 20, 20 to 21. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the opposition. Do not be afraid of what you might face, the outcome of this decision that you are making. Let that encourage us this morning. Do not be afraid to be obedient, in other words, to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He obeyed, not fully understanding what God could do through one moment of obedience. What can God do through our moment of obedience, friends? Question mark. You answer that yourself. See, the birth of our Savior Jesus is this holy moment in history that can transform a life forever. His appearance in our world, physical manifestation, 
birth of Jesus Christ, physical manifestation of the grace of God, this Jesus would lay down his life in a so that we might have life and have it to the full. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus himself says, I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. To experience that life requires some, if you haven't got it by now, obedience. Decisions that we take, decisions that we make, firstly to receive Him, and then to walk in His power, to walk believing His Word, to walk in His presence knowing that He's with us. Amen? Surely, the greatest moment in the history of time, has, for me, has to be the birth of Jesus Christ. So in the context of my intro, life isn't measured in years but in moments. For me, life is measured by who Jesus is and what he's done. For me. And hopefully that revelation could be the same for you. For us. It's amazing. This season, it's wonderful to have a holiday. It's wonderful to take a break. It's wonderful to bless each other with some things. But it's more blessed to be in the presence of our King who has transformed our lives forever, who has brought us into a living hope, a life-giving relationship with the Father. <laughs> Don't be the Christmas turkey. Don't let things crowd Mr. Bean with a turkey upon your pip banging into doors. Thank you, Mr. Bean, for that illustration. I don't think he ever thought that his clip would be in a sermon, but anyway, it is. <laughs> Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Paul writes, in the context of John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have life to the full. Paul says it like this, Romans chapter 5, verse 18, that Christ's one act of righteousness, this one holy moment when he broke into history, brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Maybe I can ask the music team to come up. In the context of this message this morning, we're just going to pause for a moment. And I just feel as Joseph was faced with a decision, a decision of obedience, saying us because I'm faced with decisions and choices every day that require some obedience. What are you going to do, sir, ma'am, with this holy moment this morning? In other words, what are you going to do with Jesus? Hopefully, the response is pursue him. To pursue him means to take steps of obedience. It's to say no to some things and say yes to the things that bring him glory, that bring him honor and release his life. Let me just pause for a moment. Where I can just ask every eye closed, every head bowed for a moment. This is not a meditation moment, by the way. This is a moment of deep introspection of our hearts where we personalize, like Joseph had to, the question, what 
are you going to do with this holy moment? Bible tells us that the grace of God has appeared to ungodliness. The grace of God has appeared in the form, in the person of Jesus Christ. And if your journey of life up until this point, the moments of your life, been like moments where you just keep on bumping your head, making all the Wrong decisions. Same mistakes over and over again. It just seemed like destruction follows me, not life. This morning, we want to reach out to the hope that we have in this life that's appeared to us, Jesus Christ. Because only He can save us from that type of life journey. If there's anybody in this room this morning who has not personally surrendered, given their life to Jesus Christ, in this moment, a holy moment, I'm going to encourage you to raise your hand and say, that is me. I'm wanting to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the very first time. Is there anybody? Joseph took Mary as his wife publicly. It's a decision that ushered in great life. And these moments, I believe, should be public moments. There are moments for them to be private, but I believe when we are publicly serious about Jesus, we'll be publicly sold out for Him. Anyone? If not, that's fine. Then I'm assuming we're all followers of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask us in this moment just to reaffirm our love for Him. There's many things we can thank Him for, we can honor Him for, we can bless Him for. But the greatest thing that we can thank Him for is that John 10 verse 10, that He has given us life and life to the full. Just in this moment, we open up our hearts We thank Him for this abundant life that He has given us. Jesus, as we stand in Your presence this morning, this holy moment, I, along with my friends, would just cast my mind back. Just for a moment, wonder where I would be today. If it weren't for Your grace, demonstrated and displayed, upon my life through the power of your gift of salvation. I would be broken. I would be walking a path of destruction. But instead, I get to be part of a household of saints, men and women redeemed, reconciled through the blood of Christ, able to call Jesus Lord and Savior and God, you as a heavenly Father. What greater, greater gift can man receive but that?
just as the music team plays, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister into the depths of our hearts. Father, I pray that we we made decisions, choices that have taken us out of your presence. Maybe out of fellowship with you. That you, by the power and the love of your spirit, would bring a conviction upon heart. Repentance would flow. And we'd reaffirm and recommit to follow you wholeheartedly, to pursue you with passion, to be obedient when you speak. To believe when even we don't know what the outcome will be. It does not disappoint Jesus Christ.